and welcome to Conversations with Moon, Body, Soul. Today, my special guest is Ida of Evil Queen Candles. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Katie. So I haven't done a podcast in a while. I'm just going to preface with that. (laughs) Totally fine. (laughs) But I'm so excited to have you here and to talk to you because you are one of my big inspirations for running a business. You're one of mine, so. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's... (laughs) Warms my heart. Um, if you guys don't know Ida, she makes candles with attitude and all of her candles are so creatively named and scented and they, are, I think, are one of the best things that you can give to people because they're so fun. Thank you. Um, we're currently burning one of her summer candles. Not vitamin C. I love vitamin C though. No bad vibes. No bad vibes. And it smells really good. So one of the questions that I got when I asked on Instagram, and I was already going to ask you this, but where do you get the idea for your names? Honestly, from just a lot of different places. I feel like Instagram, Pinterest, just staying up to date with trends, you know, that's a huge way for me to get inspiration. But also I have an 18 year old little sister and she keeps me really hip with, you know, millennial lingo and all that. So (laughs) shout out to Lydia. Thank you for keeping me hip. Um, But yeah, I would say, you know, friends, family, if I think of something funny or I'm, you know, driving around and I see something that sparks an idea, I always write it down. Um, even if it's not something that I could use for a current collection, maybe it's something, you know, in the future. So yeah, that's basically, I would say social media and friends and family overall. That's awesome. Do you yeah. know how many candles that you've named? Personally? Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I, I do a like new one do, every yeah, month you now do for new a ones subscription all the box. Time, and then you have new ones every season and then you switch out those names sometimes the next season. Definitely over a hundred, hundred and fifty. That'd be awesome if yeah. you did like a whole thing with all the names you've ever I had. should. You should grab a label. Oh, I should from do each that. that Wait, that's so such cool. a good idea. Some of my favorite ones that you have is Can't Adult Today. That's one of my very, very favorites. Yeah, that's um, one of my best sellers. What are the scents again in that? Um sweet fruit and cereal milk. And then oh, the caption is um my favorite childhood memory is not paying bills. Yep. <laughs> 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 too real. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. And then it smells like cereals. Yeah, it smells like Fruit Loops. Yeah. Or Fruity Pebbles or whatever. It is awesome. That's my favorite. I like Damn It's Early. That's mm-hmm. a fun one. Um, like what is your number one selling candle, I guess? Um, it has been Exhale the Bullshit since I started. So for three years straight, that's always our best selling. Wow. I like yeah. that. What I guess that people like? just really need to <laughs> exhale. Um, that one is Lemongrass and Sage. So. Awesome. It's like a calming, but somehow uplifting, you know, with the lemon. It's mm. like a, yeah. Lemongrass has that very like fruity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have I smelled that one? I think I you have. I don't know if I have. Well, I have one I in my it. car. There so we go. You have I to need smell. it. <laughs> I'll come out there and get it. Um, so when did you first start on this journey? Okay. Yeah. I started Evil Queen in 2016. It was April And I actually started with the idea for Evil Queen in January of 2016. So it all happened really quickly. Um, I'm one of those people when I have an idea, I just have to do it immediately or it's not going to ever happen. So that was, yeah, I had the idea. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to just go for it. And then my best friend, Shelly, she owns a store in Costa Mesa called Style Society. And she told me, if you actually start this business, I'll sell your candles. And that was really the motivation for me to be like, 
okay, I have another outlet to sell these rather than just online because selling candles online is difficult because people can't smell them. So I was like, oh, that's amazing. I have a place to sell my candles. And then she was like, well, I'm launching April 1st. And I was like, well, I guess I'm launching April 1st. So we just decided on that together. And ever since then I launched and I mean, long story short, it grew way quicker than I anticipated. And yeah, here we are. Yeah. I feel like you've definitely jumped that huge barrier of selling candles online because don't you, is online candle sales like your primary business or do you feel like more wholesale? I would say it used to be maybe more wholesale than my retail, but recently it's been 50, 50, if not more on our actual website than wholesale, which is is crazy. Yeah. And I think it's because of the labels, you know, people buy the candle based on the label and then they just, I guess, hope it smells good. No. And then I think when you get it, it does smell so good. And then you build that lasting. Mm -hmm. Or if you send it as a gift, you don't know if they would like it anyway. So you just hope that they would, you know. Yeah. I've never been disappointed with one of yours though. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And I love the timeline of your business because mine was May 2016. So very, very close. Yeah. Um, When you did decide to do it, did you know how to make candles? No. (laughs) (laughs) I had the idea for candles. People always ask me why I decided on candles. And it was just, I think, because I worked near a Bath and Body Works and I always saw, you know, people love candles. And I liked candles before starting Evil Queen, but I wasn't like a fanatic by any means. And I was like, dang, people really like candles. And so I think that was just in my mind. And then I was like, well, I'm going to learn how to make candles. So I went to Michael's and I bought one of those candle making kits. It turned out horribly. I was like, I can't do this. I, this (laughs) smells like crap. It's not even going to burn. I knew nothing about, you know, wax or fragrance or anything. And Um, I gave it another shot like a month later. I was like, oh, I'm going to do it a different way. So I ordered things online, you know, did a bunch of research. Basically for a month straight, I did nothing but make and test candles and read a bunch of, you know, comments on, you know, reviews on products and people give suggestions, kind of like comment boards, you know, and I just, I would be up until like midnight one to just like reading about temperatures and different waxes and different fragrances and, yeah, I eventually like got it decent. I feel like when I started, my formula was like good for sure, like good enough. But now it's, you know, we've perfected it to like, we don't ever have what I would consider a bad batch of candles. So whereas in the beginning, I was like, ooh, some of those are kind of rough. (laughs) So it's definitely a learning process, but yeah, I learned how to make candles so I could start this business. So I love that. I learned to make bath products to start this business. So I feel like a lot of people don't do it that way. Like people think you have to have a talent at something, like you have to be an artist by nature or a singer or whatever. And then you do that. People don't realize you, if you're interested, you can learn a new skill to start a business. You know, it can go, it's not often it goes that way, but it can go that way. You I know? love that. Yeah. Um, so when you first started, what gave you the idea to make them like sassy and have fun names? Yeah. So I was actually driving downtown. Um, which is where we are currently. <laughs> and I saw a flower shop called Basic Can or Basic Flowers. And I was like, that is a horrible name <laughs> for a flower shop <laughs> because who wants basic flowers? And then the fact that that was funny to me, you know, um, I was like, well, I need to make something funny. So um, yeah, that, <laughs> that flower shop sparked the idea. And my boyfriend at the time was like, 
you're really funny, you know, like you should do something like that. And I hadn't really thought about it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, that sounds cool. (laughs) So like I said, if I have an idea, I'm going to at least try it. Nothing will stop me from, I'm not afraid to try something new. I love that. Yeah. I also know your history a little bit, but probably everyone else listening doesn't. What did you do before starting Evil Queen? Oh, like everything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, where to even start? I worked a normal nine to five, like customer service job for a fashion company. And it just, I knew right away that that wasn't what I wanted to be doing. I didn't like the corporate lifestyle. I didn't like being on a set schedule. I, none of that was like for me. And so after that, I taught myself calligraphy. Um, I always had good handwriting, but I was like, I can probably do this. And it took about a year of practicing for like an hour or two every day for me to feel like I got good at calligraphy. So I learned that <laughs> and um, I started doing wedding calligraphy and graphic design for, you know, events and weddings and stuff. And That was basically my job. I was working a part-time job at the time too. And then I also wrote a poetry book. Um, Writing has been my first love since I was, I I think if you asked me when I was in like first grade what I wanted to be, I would have said a writer. And all the way through, you know, high school, I wanted to, I was about to go to college for creative writing and I decided on business instead because it was more practical. But um, yeah, so I wrote a poetry book. That was in 2015 And then in 2016, when I started Evil Queen, I was teaching those wine and paint night classes where you drink and paint pictures. So I was teaching those and then um, basically just a bunch of odd jobs, but all in the creative world because that's what I like to do. And yeah, and then here we are. Now I just do Evil Queen. You do Evil Queen, but then you also have been doing a poetry challenge this month. Yeah. I've been following. I said I was going to join you on it, but now it's what, June 20th? Well, that's okay. (laughs) I haven't done anything. Yeah. Um, But you've been writing a poem every day with a word. Yeah. So I've always done that. I mean, at least for like five years or so. And I was like, I'm going to put it online and see if anyone else. It is really inspiring to me to get you know, a word or a phrase and then write something that incorporates that because I feel like a lot of the times as writers, you use the same words over and over again. So if you pick words that you haven't seen in a while or haven't thought about, it like sparks new ideas. But yeah, I'm writing another poetry book this year that's going to be released in October. And are you, how do you do it? Are you self-publish it? I self-publish it, yeah. Can Is your first book still available? Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's called In My Universe. Awesome. Yeah. I want to get my hands on it. <laughs> you don't have one? I don't think so. No. Oh, shoot. I should have brought you one. Yeah. I'll okay, have to well. get one. I, <laughs> when I was growing up, I loved poetry and I also like chose a more, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say smart, Yeah, <laughs> but I was, uh, trying to go to school for photography. I thought, and then I thought, oh no, I need to do something safer. Yeah. That's one thing I will say. I remember my parents telling me like, you can't make money in photography. Well, that mm. was before now. Right. Where now like, you definitely photographers can. are like, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, Bentley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My boyfriend, that's his like full-time job. Yeah. And I've definitely utilized those skills. But at the time I thought there was no way I could yeah. make money from that. So I went to journalism school instead. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I feel like a lot of people felt that way. My parents never said that. My parents always wanted me to do whatever I wanted. They're the most supportive parents in the world. But I just, I think personally was like, oh, I don't think I can get a job. And I, I fell into that more so than, I think I was just influenced by 
society yeah. as a whole, coming from a small town, you know. Where are you from? I'm from a town in Michigan called Heartland, but I was actually born in Finland and then we moved around a lot in my childhood. Are your parents both from Finland then? Yeah. Everyone in my family was born in Finland. That's awesome. Yeah. How many people, let's do a town off because I'm also from a small town. How many people are in your small town? I think it's more now, but I think when I was there, it was like 10,000. So it's not like tiny, tiny, but. Yeah. Still small. Yeah, we had a target and that's in it. Council Grove. Oh no, the nearest target was 45 minutes away. Oh, okay, yeah. Yours is, yeah. you have me beat by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I always think about that now because you feel like you like knew everybody in your town. Mm-hmm. And I think of all the people that I connect with on the internet today and I'm like, holy cow. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to think about. Anyways, um, besides writing, what other creative outlets aside from work because I feel mm. like you get to exercise your creativity and work a lot. What else do you do? Oh man, anything creative, honestly. I write obviously poetry, but I write music and I sing. I have been doing that since I was young. Actually, my parents told me I learned to speak English by singing Barney songs because my parents, when we moved here, they didn't know English very well, like at all. And I learned English when I was like, I don't know, four or five, like pretty young. Barney was the best. Oh, yeah. So Barney taught me English. Huge Barney fan. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I really was. I think for like a little too long when I was growing up. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. So singing's been a big part of my life. That's Um, awesome. Also painting. Like I said, I taught those paint night classes. I like painting. I do calligraphy for fun still. It's relaxing. But honestly, anything like creative, I'm down to do it, even if I'm not good at it. It's a fun outlet. So I know, especially with my experience in running my own business, there's so much other side of it that is so not creative. How do you handle the balance between the two? Oh man, I was really bad at that for a while. I think, I'm sure you can relate, doing all the financial and like tax and legal, all that stuff, it's so draining. If I do it for an hour, I'm like, I don't want to do anything the rest of the day. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I... A lot of people say that they do like certain things on certain days, you know, like Mondays they do like financial bookkeeping and I was never like that. I just crammed it all into like one day. Um, I hired, last year I hired an online accounting firm called Bench that I really liked. I used them for a while and now I actually just recently hired a business manager who does all my financials, all my legal stuff, all my taxes, all everything business related that I don't like doing. And so now I can solely focus on the creative stuff, which is what I have been working towards this entire time because I don't, I don't want to do that. And I don't know how, I'm not good at it. You know, it doesn't come naturally. I don't know how to, you know, balance, do balance sheets and No, I avoid it like the plague. Oh yes. And then I feel so guilty about avoiding it. Yeah. They're like, (laughs) so have you looked at your financial? I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. Like, no, well, <laughs> you like, I have to like be at the deadline day. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I turned in my taxes April 14th to yep. my accountant and oh. then now he's already filed an extension and now I'm like hounding him like, hello, can I like get my taxes done? He's like, yeah. oh, we have to October. Now I'm seeing like if I was on it, right? <laughs> this is really all my fault, but I've been like hounding him for it. And he's like, oh, chill it's out. Fine. We have to October. <laughs> oh Yeah. No, that side of it's so hard. It's so really hard. you've outsourced it. That's amazing. I have outsourced it. Yeah. You've but I mean, support. when I was doing it, I just, I would just take, you know, a few days a month to really 
do it. But in general, no, I just really don't like it. And it ruins my mood. And I just, I get frustrated because I don't know what I'm doing, but then I also don't have the mental capacity to learn about it because I don't actually care that much. You know, I just want my business to run smoothly and be profitable. And, you know, I have work for my employees and all that, but uh, I don't know. It stresses me out because then are you doing everything right legally? Like I have real employees now on payroll. Like I want to make sure that I'm doing everything right. But how do you know if you're doing everything right? We started, you, you know, we started these businesses in our home. It's not like someone was like, this is how you do it. ABC. You're like, well, I hope I did everything right. (laughs) I feel like I remember when you were talking about bringing on like true employees Mm -hmm. and payroll. I was like, oh my God, that is like a huge feat. It's scary. That's scary. scary. Like it scares me to think about, but I'm like, wow, you're doing it. You're killing it. It gives me hope. I try. (laughs) (laughs) It really gives me hope though, because that is like a huge step. Yeah. It's, I think the scariest part besides being legally up to date is wow, these people rely on me for their everything, their rent, their car payment, their everything. Like my business has to do well so these people can live their lives. If Evil Queen, you know, didn't make money one month and I, I mean, for some reason couldn't pay them, oh, what, what do you even do? Yeah. You know, like, I don't even want to think about that. So I feel that way just having my sister on board for shipping which yeah. she's contracted as a shipping right. person. So she's not a true employee, but I still feel that way. And I'm yeah. like, I want to be able to support both of us. It mm-hmm. used to just be like, if it was my bad, whatever. Mm-hmm. But even just that has added a level of stress to me. Yeah. I know I always think I'm like, I would get another job before I like didn't, you know, pay my employee. I just have to, you know. Oh my God, you're the cutest. <laughs> um, like I'll go work at. How know, do you somewhere? handle that stress? What do you do to manage it? Is it like a daily thing for you or do you feel like... Ah, you have it under control. I feel like Evil Queen has been at a level for a little bit now where I feel good about it. I feel confident in, you know, the amount of sales we get every month that everything should be fine. But I don't know. I mean, summer is a slower time. So I feel like in the summer, I'm maybe a little more worried about it. My employees maybe have a little less to do in general, but I just, I'm generally not a stressed out person at all. And I feel really blessed that I don't feel stressed or anxious or whatever most of the time. But of course there are, you know, months and times when you do, like we moved warehouses in March and it was, I think the first month in a really long time that Evil Queen didn't make a profit. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) you know, and that I was so stressed. I was, I got sick. I got, you know, it's, yeah. And I knew that it was it wasn't going to be the end of the world because, you know, it's, it never is, but yeah. you feel like it is at the time. And I had to tell everyone, I was like, if I'm a horrible person right now, please forgive me. Like, I'm not going to reply to you. I'm going to just sit in my room. But I do think it's important to recognize when you feel like that. And like, I told my friends and my family, I was like, look, I'm not feeling well. Like, I'm really sorry if I say something to upset you. Like, I just need some time to be alone. And for me, I'm an introvert being alone is my time to recharge and regroup. And just, I gave myself permission to just literally lay in bed and not do anything. And that makes me feel better generally. Or doing something creative, like writing makes me feel better generally. Or even just being outside and just turning off your phone, not thinking about work. Cause you know, 
You're always, yeah. there's always a notification on your phone for something. For sure. There's always something to do. So I find mm-hmm. it's really hard to not work. And then I was just talking about this yesterday um, with my girlfriend, Lexi, that when I get in this place where I'm stressed and I'm freaking out, I'm like, okay, I should rest. Mm-hmm. And then you get that guilt about resting. So then mm-hmm. you're like, I should work. And I'm like, which one should win here? Because which one's going to like be better for me in the long run? Yeah. And which is going to make you feel less guilty. You're going to feel guilty yeah. either way. Right? Yeah. I can't decide. So I usually choose to do something productive and work, which obviously there's always something to freaking do. Mm-hmm. And I don't rest and then I end up burning out, which yeah. is what I think I'm experiencing right now. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to call it that, I've had a pretty rough week. Um do you experience burnout? Like, would you call that what happened to you in March, like a big burnout? Yes. I would say March and April, we were moving. We had we had no space in our old warehouse. I was hiring new employees. Everything was just happening all at once. And I wasn't used to that kind of, you know, stressful environment. And yes, that was definitely burnout. I got to a point where I was like, if I have to be at the office making candles, I'm going to shut down Evil Queen. I was like, I cannot physically do this anymore without like something bad's going to happen to me or like to Evil Queen if I keep, you know, going at this pace. And that was an eye opener for me. I was like, I, I can't, it's not worth the money or whatever for like, I needed more help and I just needed to recognize that. So I really took a look at my business and I was like, okay, in order for this to keep running successfully, I need to step away a little bit and do more of the things that I like to do. So now that's why I hired this business manager. I hired more employees. Now, basically my job is the things that I really like to do, which is developing new candles, making new scents, um, you know, label design, photography, Instagram. Those are like my main. So such an inspiration, man. (laughs) Thank you. I, and like I said, though, I've been, I've worked 12 plus hour days almost for three years straight with like two vacations that I can think of. So I, I feel bad because I'm like, oh, don't most people take longer to get to this point? You know, like don't people work harder, longer? I think I get a little bit of that guilt, but then I'm like, no, I worked really hard. Like the things I did in a day are what people probably do in like a week. Oh yeah. You're killing it. Yeah. Thank you. I just feel like you at least listen to your intuition enough and you like trust to take that next step to like bring people on board. It's scary too because it's expensive. It's so expensive. So let's talk about that for a second because I think some people um, probably want to know, I get questions like this all the time in my um, direct message. They're like, how did you start your business financially? Like what did Mm. you do? Do you feel comfortable answering that? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I want to know how you started though. Okay. um, (laughs) Debt and all my money. (laughs) Same. I did not take any sort of investment from anybody. And even now there are a lot of things I want to do to take Moon Body Soul to the next level, but I don't know about like someone else funding that. It scares Mm -hmm. me. And I've done it all so far now, but it it definitely is like personal um, debt and savings. Like everything was Mm self-funded. Yeah. But I started with the idea of like, oh, I only need like $500 to test this. And that was so (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll just buy some ingredients and like play around. And it costs way more than $500 Mm -hmm. to start. But I will say it is doable without having to have a huge investment in in this scenario, like a product. But what did Mm -hmm. you do? Yeah, I just opened a credit card. (laughs) I put everything (laughs) on it. I was like, well, if this all just doesn't work out, then okay, I have like a couple thousand dollars in debt and I'll pay it off 
eventually. And that was basically my mindset. I didn't get money from, you know, anyone, my parents, I didn't even have, I probably had like a thousand dollars to my name when I started Evil Queen, like not a lot of money at all. I was like barely coasting, you know, like paycheck to paycheck. Didn't, you know, I didn't even have anything in savings. I don't think. I had, I was working um, multiple jobs. I was a waitress and I was uh, like doing marketing help for a bunch of companies at once. When I first started with the idea, same thing. I used one of my credit cards like solely for all the stuff I was doing. I had no clue what I was doing either. I wasn't really tracking at all, (laughs) which was horrible. And uh, I... I like had, I think like $500 that I was like, okay, I'm going to put this $500 towards Mm -hmm. it. But then when I really started and I was like, okay, I really want to do this. That's when I quit all those other jobs and got one full-time job Okay, and did both. So that's kind of how I funded it was by having a full-time job. A full-time job. Yeah. Other than that. But, and then after a year I went into the bank and was like, Hey, I want to open up like a a credit card for Moon Body Soul. Like I opened up my business checking Mm -hmm. They said that my credit card limit for Moon Body Soul would only be two hundred dollars. What? <laughs> yes. And you're like, um, that's not possible. Yeah. So I ended up just using a personal um, mm. credit card solely for that. So that's how I track everything. But like, how funny? That's insane. Two hundred dollars. Yeah. I should probably try and actually get a real business credit card now because I still am using that exact personal yeah, one. That's so funny. But again, I do not have experience in this, and I have yeah. no clue about finances. No, I'm not like no one tells you how to do that. No, I feel like <laughs> such a phony or like such a, um, what's the word? Imposter syndrome. Yeah. I have imposter syndrome when it comes to like, when someone's like, I love your business and they use the word business. I'm like, Oh my God. You're like my what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. Yeah. But I mean, that's really inspiring. It is. I think people are always worried about how am I going to pay for this? I feel like there's always a way. And if you can't get, you know, if you can't open a credit card, there are small business loans and grants that you don't have to pay back, you know, through, I heard someone was telling me through, you know, your city or whatever, like there are certain things in certain states where you can apply for, you know. I'm even shocked in Los Angeles, at least um, there are certain taxes that you still have to go through and file them. But if you make less than a certain amount of money, the fee will be zero dollars. They just want you to file. Right. Um, And I think that's incredible because it's so stressful looking at like the the amount of money it takes just to have a business. Especially in California. Yeah. I think it's the most expensive state. It definitely. So don't open an LLC in California. (laughs) Do it somewhere. (laughs) I have one here too. too. (laughs) Oh my God. It's the worst. It's really bad. Yeah. We should just move to Maryland. Isn't it like zero dollars for LLCs? Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. There's a lot of states where it's a lot better. Yeah. I think though, that is good advice though, that there is ways to get money. I should look into um, grants because I, like I said, I feel like I do have such an aversion to accepting someone investing. It feels not only stressful, but also then like giving away a piece of your business. Like I watch Shark Tank and I'm Mm -hmm. like, all these people are... Giving away. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. I don't, I always said <laughs> that I don't want investors. I feel like eventually I might have to, if I want Evil Queen to grow to a certain, that's a question I get a lot of the time too, is like, how big do you want Evil Queen to be? Yeah. Like, could Evil Queen be, you know, like the next Yankee candle or whatever? And I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know the right answer. I do feel like if in the future 
someone offered me, you know, like a substantial amount of money for Evil Queen, I would be like, yes, okay, <laughs> bye. Like, keep me on as like a creative director, but I, I don't want to handle all of this anymore. But I also feel like that's probably because I was feeling burnt out recently. <laughs> That I'm saying that, but um, <laughs> no, I totally get it because I used to tell Bentley when he would ask me that he's like, if someone yeah. offered to buy Moon Body Soul, you sell it, and I was like, never, ever. <laughs> and then fast forwarded this week, and I'm like, I'm gonna burn everything on the yeah. ground and run away. <laughs> I'm not making one more product. <laughs> yeah, I think about that all the time. Like, what if I just shut Evil Queen down and like, I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> I would never, but you know, you think about it. I love, I love that I can relate so much. Yeah. I feel like most small business owners can relate. Yeah. It's a grind. It's just like, and then every month it's like starting over and resetting. But I think what I really love, and I was just telling you this before we started, I love how it feels like you're so far looking ahead and like you pre-plan like tomorrow is the first day of summer. And Mm -hmm. that's when you're like ordering all your fall Mm -hmm. stuff and you've already like got your fall candle names. Yeah. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. That's incredible to me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's I do really try awesome. and plan. We, so as I said, we have a subscription box. I try, I have them all the way through October and it's what June. So I only have November and December left of this year to plan. So I do try and, you know, like I said, I have fall done. I'm going to think about <laughs> the winter collection, like probably starting in next week, two weeks from now. So I do try and do it earlier. I always feel like I'm behind though. So it's funny that you say that. No, and it makes me feel like good. Weird. I feel like my like first year, like first year to the second year when I really didn't have that much to do because I didn't have as many customers. I didn't right. have as many SKUs. I didn't have as many toes in water or however that thing goes. <laughs> Um, I feel like I was like, okay, six months from now, it's this, like, I should look Mm -hmm. at this. How could we plan for this? And now it's seriously like, oh my God, next week's mother's day. What do I do? Like, it's really, (laughs) I think what I'm realizing in our conversation is I do need more support so that I Mm -hmm. can focus on those other things. Yeah. Uh, Yes. You should definitely bring someone else on. It'll alleviate a lot of your stress. I should. I should. But it it comes down to like not only feeling like, okay, here are the things. Okay. I am the only one that could could know how to do this. That's the number Mm -hmm. one uh, Mm -hmm. little voice in my head. It's like people can't learn how to do this. Uh, Secondly is like that's scary because it's a risk. And third, it's like, man, yeah, putting, putting that pressure on to like promote, to help other people. I don't Mm -hmm. know. All of it seems very scary. And then the financials of it, it's just, yeah, I'm in that weird place. No, definitely. I, yeah. The first one you said (laughs) is like, so me. And so everyone, you know, (laughs) I just feel like we all feel that way, but, um, you really have to learn to let go of, you know, your responsibilities. I was always like, no one else can make candles. I'm the only one who knows how to make candles like the evil queen way. And now I haven't made a candle in like two months and everything's fine. So. Wow. And you haven't had a bad batch. No, Kylie does great. Shout out to Kylie. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been working with Kylie. She's been around for a while with you, Yeah, yeah. She's my, um, she was my first, I guess, official employee. Yeah. I basically... I had just met her and I, we met through mutual friends and I had a really big order and I was in full panic mode and I texted, not exaggerating, everyone in my contact list who lived, you know, near me. I was like, this is an emergency. I have a huge order. There's no way I'm going to be able to get it done. Like, can anyone help me? I'll pay you whatever, but like I need help. And literally no one could. 
And I was like, sweet. And then I had met Kylie like a few days before, just once really briefly. And I text her and I'm like, hi, I know this is really random. We don't know each other at all. Can you by any chance come help me package these candles? And she was like, yeah, I'll be right there. And I was like, oh my God, you're my hero. And then after that, basically she was like, you know, I don't mind doing this. Like if you need help in the future, let me know, you know, like I have these days off a week, whatever. And yeah, fast forward to like six months after that, or maybe like eight months after that, I like hired her full time. And then for like over two years, she's been full time. That's incredible. I yeah. love that. Okay. I'm going to manifest a Kylie. Manifest a Kylie. You need one. For sure. I've had like a few friends that have um, come and helped like make product. And I've been able to teach like my friend Jacoby, she was really good at making the moon balls. And it mm-hmm. gave me a lot of confidence that like someone else could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just need to let someone try. Yeah. But it's, I, it's hard. You do. I always feel like I'm the only person who knows how to do something until I hand it off and yeah. it goes fine. I'm like, Oh, that's okay. You can do it now. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, Jacoby making them really opened my eyes to that. My next biggest thing is, um, so we moved down here to this loft because of the commercial kitchen. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we have. Like the whole half of my house is like moon, body, soul. That's my other problem is like, I kind of think I need to separate the two in order Mm -hmm. to like bring other people on. Because yes, people can come over here, but Bentley and I both work out of our house. And then it becomes like, I don't know, just like more stressful to bring people in. No, definitely. Yeah. When Kylie first started full-time, I was working out of my garage. And so although there was separation, it was still, you know, my house. Yeah. So I I totally feel that. Once we moved into our first warehouse, I feel like everything felt way more legit. Like, you know, we had a set schedule that we were there. Kylie had a key. She could go whenever she wanted to. Like it wasn't... Do you feel like you could focus a little bit better, like completely separate or did you ever have that issue? At first I was like, this is weird. I can't go make candles whenever I want to just like go downstairs and make candles. And then I was like, why do I want to? Like, why is it 10 PM? And I'm like, I should be making candles. Like I shouldn't be making candles at 10 PM. Set that boundary. Yeah. It really helped me get like a work-life balance because I would work, you know, I would try and do like a normal nine to five, nine to six kind of schedule. And it really helped me on like weekends. I would kind of start taking weekends off or if someone would email and be like, uh, my candle broke, I need a replacement. If I was, if it was at home, I would just do it right away. But since it was at a warehouse I had to drive to, I was like, oh, do I want to drive 25 minutes or can I just let it be because it's Sunday and why am I doing it on a Sunday anyway? Yeah. So it I think really that's created- the number one thing. It would create a really good boundary for me or like just some structure, maybe not even boundary, but like structure around it. Yeah. That really helped me. I didn't think I would like it because I was so used to working from home, but no, it makes a big difference because then, you know, you don't, it's not in front of you all the time. So you don't always feel like you have to be doing something. Oh yeah. Whenever I walk into like, say I am like, it is a weekend I should be resting. I'll like walk Mm -hmm. into the kitchen to get something. I'm like, okay, no, I gotta like, I'm going to make a batch bowl. Yeah. And you're like, no, don't do that. It's the weekend. Or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, either. Sorry. I'm like using this whole podcast just for you to amp me up. To like, no, I, I want to amp you up. I want to amp you up. I don't want you working on weekends. I want you resting. Yeah. I feel Don't like work late I, at night. It would be really interesting because I can't tell if it's my mind that's like you're not working enough or if some weeks I'm actually not working enough. Like I almost need to like clock my hours because it is so random. 
I think about that. I was actually just thinking about that because there are some days where I do what I would consider, you know, like a normal amount of work in maybe like two or three hours. And I'm like, whoa, shouldn't I be doing more, you know? But then I think we do more in a normal like two or three hours than a lot of people at a nine to five maybe do all day. I've had friends who worked a nine to five who said, you know, I barely did anything all day or I would do, if I like really did it, they could do their work in like half a day if they just didn't stop. And as entrepreneurs, I feel like we don't stop. We don't, I don't leisurely work. When I work, I work. (laughs) So I think that's something that I'm getting used to is feeling like I should be doing more, but really I found out how to do the same amount of work in less time. There's also certain things that I do that take way more energy than others Mm. that I, sometimes I can't even explain it because it'll be like sitting in front of the computer and feeling harder than like making the products. Right. But like writing a, like a marketing email or Mm -hmm. I don't know, something like that or updating the website with like crystals that can take so much out of me. Oh yeah. Even though repetitive. Yeah. And maybe I start at like 7am and then I don't take a break till like 11, but then by 11, I'm like, oh my God, I can't. Oh yeah. And that's the thing I feel like, but you would power through that. Whereas maybe other people would, you know, take breaks and that's not a bad thing, but I just feel like we guilt ourselves for not doing enough, but really when we do work, we're so productive. So you shouldn't feel guilty. Like you're okay. doing in comparison, the same amount of work. We just need to have a weekly call <laughs> <laughs> where we go. I'll just this. tell you, you're, you're doing enough. Cause I feel <laughs> like I am definitely. I always feel like you're like on top of everything. Oh, man. You're like always releasing new stuff, always doing. I'm trying to, but it's like, yeah, I definitely need the support. I need the help. Yeah. I really do. I really do need the help. But I have like a, I don't know, when you've hired new people, so you have someone else other than Kylie. Yeah. So I have, Kylie's my like main person at the warehouse. And then I also have Ramy who does my, basically anything related to online. She does wholesale account management, customer service, email marketing, um, web design, anything with Shopify, that kind of stuff. And then I have two more new girls at the warehouse. One of them, her name is also Kylie. And then the other girl is Leslie and they're both great. We just hired them um, a few months ago and I'll probably need to hire a few more people for fall. So if you're listening and you want to work for Evil Queen, hit me up. But yeah, it's, I'm just That's amazing. That's what crazy. I was about to ask you though, mm-hmm. is how do you hire? Do you do mm-hmm. it by word of mouth? Do you put it on Instagram? Like how do you? I found um, my last employees that I hired through Instagram, I put up a posting. I was going to put one on, you know, a job site, but I thought that I would rather have someone who at least kind of knew the brand, like enough to be following me or know someone who sent them that job listing. So that was how I found, I actually got a decent amount of applications, which I was shocked. I didn't think I would get that many, but yeah, interviewing was crazy. I've never, I mean, I'd done interviews before, but this time I tried to do like semi-legit like I actually had questions that I asked and stuff. <laughs> I felt like such a fraud. I was like, I don't know what, I was like, there's no wrong answer here. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. I love that you're just like putting it out there. I'm going to put out in the universe that I need a, a Kylie. Yeah. I'm going to find you a Kylie. Someone listening to this podcast. Yeah. And then I also think getting something outside of my current kitchen, which sucks because I love this place. Mm-hmm. Like I really do love this place, but I don't think it can be the full 
Not forever full time work. No, but like it's getting close. And mm-hmm. the more that I understand that I'm like, okay, ready to move on, the more Bentley falls in love with us living here. And it's mm. it's hard. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I get that. Uh, yeah. It's hard. Um so let me look back at my questions I had for you. Um, we just went off on a total tangent. Yeah, we did because I wanted to pick <laughs> your brain and get all your answers. Well, I hope people find it informative. Um, what are you most excited about right now out of all the things that you're doing? That's a good question. I love fall as a season, both just in life and for candles. So that's a really big season for us. I love Halloween. My Halloween candles I'm really excited about. Um so that, but in my personal life, I'm really excited about my poetry book. I'm releasing it in October because fall is my favorite month. So so you, do you share on Evil Queen's Instagram your poetry or is it only on Not your personal? Because really. I follow both. I sometimes will post about, I sell my poetry book on the Evil Queen website if people want it. But um, no, I generally just on my personal. What's your personal one so people can find you? Oh, my Instagram? Yeah. It's Ida, I-D-A two underscores, Sophia with an F, S-O-F-I-A. Awesome. I'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. But I put, I have like highlights of my poetry. I used to post it on my feed a long time ago when poetry, like Instagram was a thing. I actually like got, the only reason I have the amount of followers I do is because of that. And so I just kind of stopped and then, I don't know, maybe I'll start posting on my feed again. Who knows? I love reading your poems. Oh, thank you. I, I don't really want to give, it's hard because I don't want to give too much away because I want people to still buy my book. Like I don't want my entire book on Instagram, you Yeah. Know? but there's going to be like 150 never before seen poems. So. Wow. That's a big book. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm excited about it. That's I've had a lot to say apparently for the past few months. <laughs> I can't wait to read it. And I want your old book. Yes. I'm going to get you that. Um, so someone asked on Instagram, would you consider doing special custom options for those who want to be extra saucy? Which I love that question. I love that. Yeah. So we do custom candles, mostly for events and stuff, um, like weddings or whatever. So it has to be an order of 50 or more. I used to be able to do smaller custom candle orders, but at the rate we're growing, it's just not feasible anymore. And we, I don't print the labels at home anymore. So it's just when you order labels, I order in quantities of 50. So just ordering 10 labels would be really, you know, time consuming and just expensive. So unfortunately only for 50 or more, but you get to pick the scent, the label, the color, everything. So it's completely custom to you if you are interested in that. Speaking of custom, um, I know in the past you've done candle making classes. Yeah. Do you still do them? I haven't now since we moved into our new warehouse, but we have so much room to do it. And I definitely want to probably maybe in August, I would do a few. I like to do them on weekends. So stay tuned, I guess. I've been really wanting to come. So I definitely want to come to that. They're really fun. Yeah. I really like what happens? What does someone get when they come to a custom or to a candle making class? Um, so we generally, what I've done in the past is you get to make two candles. They're the same scent, but a normal 12 ounce one, and then our smaller seven ounce candles. So you, I basically put a bunch of fragrances out. You get to smell them. I kind of tell you how to blend fragrances and you know, what, how many to use, how many not to use, whatever. And then, um, yeah, you get to do the entire process from like getting the wax, adding the fragrance, adding the dye, letting it cool, pouring it. And then in the past, I've made custom labels for people, but in the future, 
I might not be able to, like I said, we don't print our labels anymore, but um, maybe just like have blank labels for people to That's write on or something. Yeah. Cool. With like the Evil Queen logo at the bottom or something. So I feel like that would be cool. But yeah, it's basically you get to create your own scent, fragrance, whatever. That and I do really them fun. themed. How many people are usually in a class? At our last space, we only had room for 10. So that was like the cap. We have room for like 100 people at our new warehouse. We have like a ton of room. But I would probably limit it to like 15. I don't know. I want to be able to give everyone attention and, you know, be Keep able to help them it. with, you know, blending fragrances because they're like, does this smell good? So I like to help with that. If I had like 30 people, it would just be too much. I agree. Yeah. Even like with the new moon circles, I get so stressed. The big grandkids and I'm yeah. like, oh, I don't like I have too much energy. I want well, then smaller. you feel bad. You want to talk yeah. to everyone and yeah. I want it to feel really close and intimate. So mm. I like to, it to be like up under 20. Yeah, for like sure. Like under 10 is like amazing. I love yeah. that. The small ones are really nice. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, what else was I going to ask you? Well, let me look at these Instagram questions. I've actually asked you a lot of these questions already. Oh, I did want to ask, um, what, what helped you decide what wax to use for your candles? Cause I know there's lots of different waxes. Yeah, this is a really good question. I'm happy to share. So there are a bunch of different waxes. There's paraffin, which I'm sure you guys have all heard of. There's soy, there's beeswax, there's a bunch of different like coconut, apricot, et cetera, vegetable blend waxes. So most candles at stores are a blend of paraffin and soy, I would say, because soy is seen as a healthier option. But when you blend soy or whatever with paraffin, paraffin is just the worst wax. I would not recommend using it, not because it doesn't burn well, it burns really well and it has really good like scent throw, but paraffin wax is made from petroleum byproduct, like basically petroleum waste. So they take that and they industrially bleach it. And that's basically what paraffin wax is. So if you've ever had the issue where you have, you know, black on your ceiling or on your walls from candles that you're burning, it's not necessarily the wick, it's actually the wax. And you're breathing in these petroleum fumes, essentially, even though you can't, you know, smell it, but imagine all those toxins that you're breathing in, especially most people like leave candles lit for a while, you know, and over time that just builds up. So I use soy, hundred percent soy wax, and that's because it's the cleanest burning and the longest burning. Beeswax is another really great option, but Evil Queen is a vegan company. So I don't want to use beeswax, even though it is a good option, but yeah, so we use the cleanest wax that I personally could find. And I actually get it from a local supplier here in LA. They're a family owned business. So yeah, you'd be shocked at what all is petroleum byproduct. It's nuts. It's gross. It's yeah. like really not great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really do enjoy that you use soy wax though. And yeah. I do notice a difference with how long it burns. Yeah, it burns longer. The only, I guess, what people consider an issue with soy wax is it can't hold as much fragrance as petroleum or the paraffin wax. So basically that's why companies use it because everyone's so used to, you know, Bath and Body Works or Yankee candles that have this like amazing, you light one candle and you can smell it in every room of your house kind of thing. But with soy, you physically can't get that. Like I put the maximum amount of fragrance that soy wax can hold. And then some fragrances are just lighter than others. Like damn, it's early is a really strong scent. Anything warm, you know, basic candle, 
can't adult today, stolen hoodie. Those are just stronger scented by nature, but it's not because I put more fragrance in, you know, exhale the bullshit, champagne showers. Some of our lighter ones, those just smell lighter in general because lemongrass is a lighter smelling fragrance than vanilla or, you know, so that's just, that's the only, I guess, like issue people have. They're like, I wish your candles were stronger and they just physically cannot be because can of- we talk about the scent though because i do feel like um not just when if i've had like a petroleum candle but if i've had one some scents drive me nuts or they give me a headache but i haven't yeah. experienced that with yours yeah so we use um really high quality fragrance oils so there are you can technically make candles with essential oils it's possible you just have to use a lot of essential oil and the cost to make one candle with pure essential oil is like astronomical and it's not, I mean, it wouldn't be worth it, honestly, for anyone to get a strong, strongly scented essential oil candle. So we use high quality fragrance oils that are made from essential oils, but they're not pure essential, if that makes yeah. sense. So they're phthalate free, which is the main like toxin that people seem to get headaches from. I think it's a combination of that and the wax that gives people headaches. But I feel the same way. I wear around these scents all the time, all day at the warehouse. Like the warehouse always smells like something and none of us ever feel ill or whatever. And that was really important to me to find high quality, non-toxic fragrance oils because I, I, we're around, you know, obviously I don't want my customers, but also my employees, they're there yeah. eight hours a day, you know, so. Yeah, I think it's very different for me when it comes to like what I would put on my body and what I would burn in a candle. Absolutely. Well, you're not... Yeah. You're not yeah. as affected by, you know, a candle in the room as you, yeah. I wouldn't put any, I only use essential oil products on too, your like body. Yeah. On my body. Yeah. But I feel like when you're burning it and same thing with like soy personally, I'm, uh, if I ingest soy, I feel like I have a slight allergy to it, mm -hmm. but burning it, I'm totally fine. Right. Right. <laughs> so. And it's such a small, it really is such a small amount, you know, that's actually released into the, you would have to be like, over the candle, like smelling it all the time to really ingest any of yeah. yeah. I feel like though what you were saying about the black, um, the black soot that mm -hmm. you see, I definitely noticed that um, yeah. like years ago when I was just burning whatever I could find at Target, yeah. like my wall would turn black yeah. or yeah, that is scary. <laughs> it's scary. It's, it's, yeah, it's not great. So if you go to a store and you buy a candle that says, you know, soy blend, you might think, oh, this is a good candle because it's soy but it's not because it's a blend and they don't tell you it can. I think the legal thing is it has to be 25% soy for them to say that it's a soy candle. So unless it says, you know, a hundred percent soy or That's pure so soy. messed up. I know. Yeah. Cause I, I go and I'm like, I wonder if these are actually soy. And then they all say like soy blend candle. Even if the label says soy, maybe on the bottom, it'll say like soy blend candle or something. Cause if companies use pure soy, they would brag about it. I mean, I, I think so. You know, yeah. I wouldn't just say soy candle. I would say, you know, we list it everywhere on our website that we use non-toxic oils and 100% soy and pure cotton wicks. You know, like I I want that to be yeah. made, you know. That's how I feel when I look at any sort of body product company and they don't list the ingredients on their website. Yeah. Oh my God, do I get triggered? I'm just like, yeah. why the hell wouldn't you want to tell people what's in there? Right. Well, that's a huge, <laughs> why would anyone buy something if you don't know? What's... Oh, I'm shocked. Like it's oh. a lot like on the daily, I will like something will pop up on my feed, usually an ad and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go check out what this 
product yeah. is. Usually it's a bath product that I'm being served. Right. Because Instagram. And I'll go check it out. And usually they don't have the ingredients listed. My mind's mm-hmm. blown. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just a red flag in general. Like if yeah. a company won't tell you what they're using. So I know some people will say, you you don't use pure essential oils. Like I said, I wish I could. If it wasn't like I use basically like an ounce per pound of fragrance. Imagine how much an ounce of like lavender essential oh God, oil is. Yeah. Like so much money. And that one pound makes like a, a candle and a half. And certain um, essential oils are way more expensive than others because yes. of how much it takes to mm-hmm. make. So to make a drop of rose essential oil, mm-hmm. true rose essential oil, not rose absolute. And I'll explain what that is next. But to make a true rose essential oil drop, it takes a whole room full of roses to make one yeah. drop. And imagine I need one whole ounce for one pound. For... I'm trying to think of how much I just, I kind of want to look at my receipt just to tell you guys when people are like looking at my prices. <laughs> yeah. I, I use rose essential oil in one of my, in my scrub. Yeah. It is so expensive and I just bought another batch of it and oh my God, I think retail, the bottle is $250. Yeah. I know. I'm not surprised at all. I bought organic frankincense back when I was making like roll, essential oil roll-ons my like tiny, tiny bottle of frankincense was like $90. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Certain like the cannabis, the hemp essential oil yeah. that I use in our products. That's the other one. That's like $80 for a tiny little bottle. Mm-hmm. And that's me getting like a, a, a huge cut on it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, so if you were going to just use essential oils, you'd be very, well, I the mean, candle the price would have would to be, be like 60, 70, probably. Yeah. The price would be insane. And then you'd be limited to whatever scents you'd use because if you were going to make like a rose one, oh my God, that candle would be like a hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's not feasible. Plus it wouldn't smell as strong. So then you'd get people complaining about your candle not smelling. That's the other thing about essential oils is they, um, evaporate into the air Mm -hmm. and and they evaporate in heat. So when you like, you have to be really careful when you add it to the wax because certain, they have like flash points certain fragrances do. So you can't add it in before, like during its flashpoint, cause then it'll just evaporate. Yeah. yeah. So with it just being out in the open in the air. So one of the questions that I get for, it's like you were saying, Oh, I wish you used this mm-hmm. One of my things people always um, ask me is how come your products are wrapped in plastic? Mm-hmm. And trust me, when I started this company, I was, I had a very, very hard time with this debating on how to package our products because if you're going to use essential oils they need to be airtight Mm -hmm. if not they will evaporate Mm -hmm. our moon balls if i was selling them the way lush sells their products where they just have them out in the open and most people are like look how environmentally friendly they're being Mm -hmm. well they're actually not being that environmentally friendly because they're using synthetic fragrances that Mm -hmm. come from petroleum base yeah oh yeah um and that's how they're able to not have them airtight so Mm -hmm. if i were to have a moon ball have um no plastic around it and I was sending it in paper, it would evaporate, come to you and smell like nothing. Right. Essential oil would literally be gone. Right. So it it sucks. Trust me. You got to pick your battles, but For you sure. can hopefully recycle the plastic that it comes in. Yeah. And um, I always try to also have people reuse the uh, packaging that it comes in. You can mm-hmm. make little... Um, seedling containers out of it, which is what I've done. So you could start a little herb garden on your counter. Yeah. That would be a good idea to use them for. You could use them as little containers for anything, bobby pins, paper clips, whatever. Um, have people reused yours for potting plants as well? Yeah. People put succulents in them all the time. People also use them for like dog treats or snacks or coffee 
beans or, you know, Q-tips. How do you clean out the bottom of the candle jar when you get down? Um, I actually have a whole like article on my website on how I do it. But what I personally do is put my oven on like the lowest setting it'll go. Mine goes down like 170 and you just put your candle in there while it's preheating. It'll melt the liquid, you know, whatever's left at the bottom, it'll melt it. And then you dump it out in the trash. Don't put it in your drain because it'll (laughs) harden back up to wax and it'll block your drain. And um, yeah, so dump it in the trash and then you can, so soy wax cleans up with soap and warm water. So you can put it in the dishwasher. You can hand, I just hand wash it. Awesome. The labels are technically weatherproof, so they'll stay on. But if you wanted to take it off, that would be a good time to do it while you're cleaning it. While it's heated up. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And then if you were going to use it for a succulent, do you just like put rocks in the bottom and then? I've never personally done it, but I would probably do rocks at the bottom and then Like give it a little drainage. Yeah. Yeah. And not maybe like don't water it too too much. You know, like don't over. Yeah. Succulents don't even need that much yeah, water. Yeah, like barely. Um, yeah. If you're going to use the moon ball packaging for seedlings, poke holes in the bottom and then take the lid and put that on the bottom of the oh, package. Cool. So then you have like a little drainy. You can poke holes in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you can use it as a little seedling. That's so cute. Yeah. I'll, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. And then um, what, what else was I going to ask you? I feel like I had another question when you were talking and now I can't remember. Um, someone's asking just in general, what is your inspiration? Do you have like, when, whenever you're lacking inspiration, say, mm-hmm. I know you said you talked to your sister for like the names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what else do you do? Do you just do something creative or? I actually have a weird take on this. I don't believe in inspiration in the traditional sense. I, I mean, I do because obviously, like I said, my sister inspires me all the time. Instagram, Pinterest, whatever. But I do feel like you can train yourself and your brain to be inspired whenever you need to be inspired. And I say that kind of loosely, but let's say I know tomorrow I need to design my winter collection and I'm like, oh, I just, I don't want to. I don't feel inspired. I don't know what to do. I think that that's not true. I think you can channel that energy at any time. You just need to maybe ask yourself the right questions or do something you've never done before. And I don't think that inspiration is always something that just hits, which of course it does. It does for me too. But I think that we can channel it at any time. And I think people are just afraid to. Like I will literally sit and be like, I need to know what to do right now. I'm like, and just say it out loud. Just be like, I don't know what to do. Like, tell me what to do. Like universe, tell me what to do or tell me what to write about or tell me whatever. And And then if I really still don't feel anything, I just start doing something. I'm like, well, I'm just going to try. And usually by just starting, that's the hardest part, right? You just, Mm, if you're a writer, the first word or the first sentence is the hardest. Like label design. I'll just start writing random ideas that come into my head and just hope that one of them is good or sparks another idea or whatever. I, but I do think that we rely too much on like, I need to be inspired. I need to like have this flash of inspiration, which like I said, that definitely happens for me, but I do think we can create that for ourselves whenever you need it. I love that answer. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Not to get all like 
crazy on you. No, I really (laughs) like that answer because I do feel that way sometimes, especially if I'm like, okay, I want to send an email out, but Mm -hmm. I'm not inspired to write. Like I love writing Mm -hmm. a little like letter with my emails every time. And if I'm not inspired to do it, like I won't do it, but you're right. When it comes down to it, I'm like, okay, I just have to do it. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter if the first thing you write is trash, you know, just make, yeah, make changes. I like that. Yeah. Um, what self-care practices do you do? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I love taking baths. <laughs> your, all your body products are my favorite, obviously. Um, I, okay, this is kind of weird, but I like cleaning. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm feeling, you know, in a funk or something. That is a self-care practice. It yeah, really is. I don't know. I find it really relaxing just, you know cleaning countertops or like putting things away or organizing drawers. I'll put on a podcast or an audiobook and just clean. <laughs> um, another thing, honestly, like I said, it's a little hard for me to rest. So just watching Netflix or catching up on a show or something or reading, just nothing too crazy. Well, I live by the beach now. So now I'm trying to make it a point to like go at least once a week and watch the sunset. Yeah. How has that been? How long have you been over there? Like a couple months now? Yeah. Since the end of February. Oh my gosh. It's been life changing. I just, I feel like every day I wake up, I'm like, this is my dream life. You know, like I am so close to the ocean. I am, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's really free. Like this is why I moved to LA was to be close to the ocean. And I lived here for seven years and I finally moved out there. So it feels really big. I for did me. the opposite. Like I lived by the ocean first and now I don't. Oh, I'm <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> Do you miss it? I miss it a lot. I miss it, miss it a lot. But we totally got like priced out of our area. I feel like. No, for sure. Like we're paying almost the same amount in rent and we have like a massive warehouse where we yeah. did have a tiny, tiny one bedroom with yeah. the kitchen that Bentley and I both couldn't fit in. Right. No, yeah, it's... It's not yeah. cheap. No, it's not cheap. And it's, I just feel like, I mean, we've always said we want to move back over that way. Like I would love it um, because I did miss, like I used to walk to the beach all the time. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Well, it's going to happen for you yeah. at the right time. I didn't feel like I could move there, you know, a year or two ago. I felt like I had to, you know, everything, I'm sure you feel the same way. Really any extra money you make goes right back into your business. Oh, it's not sure. like you're frivolously spending your money on everything. So yeah, yeah, you have to be smart. Either back to the beach or um we really dream about having a house in Oregon, like in the woods. Yeah. That would also be my dream. 100%. I love Oregon. <laughs> yeah. I would either do the woods of Oregon or the Oregon coast, but it is such a different coast compared to. Oh yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. But I love both of those places. Like the forest area, the Willamette forest. Yeah. Mackenzie River. Oh my God. In love with it. <laughs> yeah. That would be the dream. So one of those places, but days like today. So when Ida got here, we walked down to Stumptown to get a coffee before this <laughs> and they're filming a movie right outside our window. This is yeah. one of the things I love about this area is in the arts district, there's always a movie or a photo shoot or something happening. Like when I go to walk my dog, and it is really inspiring. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Yeah. That kind of helps balance out the like semi trucks in the city and like <laughs> all of the the not so great parts. But today we walk down there and they're totally filming a movie where it looks like um, 
homeless tents are like next to my apartment Mm -hmm. (laughs) against my thing. And I'm telling her how, oh, I think this is a movie. Like it's been here for two days, yada, yada. And we like walked across the street and we're stuck on this corner waiting for it to turn. And all of a sudden, who did you see? Like right behind me. Oh yeah. I was like, Katie, um, Owen Wilson is right behind you. (laughs) (laughs) So this is by far the highest profile movie I've witnessed out there. So that's kind of cool. But they're like shutting down traffic. Oh yeah. I couldn't, I could barely get here. I was like, how do I get to your house? Because all the streets were closed and yeah. So nuts. But yeah, Owen Wilson was right there and it took forever for the light to turn for us to walk across. So we like kind of got to watch him a little bit in his helmet. It was so cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool. So like stuff like that, that's cool. That's fun. And this, this neighborhood is really truly up and coming. We've seen so much change in the two years we've been here. For sure. It's been nuts. And then right across the street, they're building um, some apartments or something with like retail shops going underneath. So I like do, yeah, I do think that this area is cool and I would love to keep this loft. Yeah. No, your loft is amazing. Yeah. This is fun. I just sometimes I'm like, I wish I'd walk outside to trees. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And not to concrete. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But that was, that was really interesting and fun. That was really funny. It I was is. like, is that Owen Wilson? <laughs> and then there was someone else with him that I knew who it is and I can't yeah, remember my name Yeah, someone was really familiar. I'm really bad at The movie's names. called Bliss. So when you guys watch Bliss, yeah. maybe we're on the corner. I don't know when <laughs> Bliss is coming out. I know nothing about this movie. Um, I just wanted to look one last time on here and see if there were any other questions. How did you get the name Evil Queen? Oh, man. It's not a great story. I wish it was. <laughs> I <laughs> I wish it was like a cool story, but... I had the idea for Evil Queen before I had the name and I was, I had no idea what I was going to call it. I was like, oh, I'll think of that eventually. And I was looking through like an old sketchbook, I think that I had for one of my, I went to fashion school. So um, I was looking through one of my sketchbooks and I had written Evil Queen and kind of done like a mock logo, I guess, for a project that I was doing. And I literally saw it and I was like, wait, that's perfect. And I was like, that's what my business needs to be called. So serendipity, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess I had thought of it years before and I found it at the right time. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that cool of a story. It was just I feel the same way about naming Moon Body Soul. Um, I was just like telling Bentley about my dream of starting this. And I was like, I want it to be about the moon. I want it to incorporate your mind, your body, your soul. And then he said it. It was like Moon Body Soul. Like, and you're oh, like, perfect. Can't unhear that. That's perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. I like when it happens like that, though, rather yeah. than, you know, if you think about it too much, then it's probably not the right name. Yeah, it has to definitely like you just saw it in your sketchbook. Then yeah. you're like, That's right. Yeah. And it like, clicked. Yeah. You just know. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> really random. <laughs> so I always introduce a crystal with my guest, someone who, or a crystal that I think embodies the guest. So as you can tell around your coffee cup, <laughs> I've placed like six of these um, amethysts. Oh my God. So I really had a hard time deciding what crystal you would be. Okay. It really was hard for me. <laughs> but the biggest thing that I feel like I take away from you is that you just seem to exude creativity and like inspiration. Thank you. And That's amethyst so is said to like the purple and red rays in it is said to like draw into the creativity. That's awesome. I'm going to take a photo of this and show everyone. Yay. <laughs> um, so yeah, those amethyst points that are around your cup, those are the Bahia amethysts that I just got. They're Can on I the site. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're on the side. They're like, yeah, they're like little um, points that they're celestial, which means that there's other little crystals like growing up the side. 
Yeah. Some of them I was wondering multiple. what that was. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. So these are from Bahia, Brazil, which is known for like super deep purple amethyst. Ooh. So thank you. That's so sweet. Do you, I mean, I obviously know the first time we met, we met and I, you bought a crystal mm-hmm. from me and that's when we met up. But uh, do you use crystals in your daily life? Yeah, I feel like, so I have I, this rose quartz I got from you. I have it on my nightstand. I know exactly which one. Yeah. <laughs> and I, um, I feel like I use that the most. Sometimes I'll sleep with it under my pillow or, you know, put it in a bath with me or something. But I feel like sometimes I feel a little emotionless, not in a good or bad way, I guess, just kind of numb to things. And I feel like that really helps me feel more, I don't know, like loving energy and kind of like, I'm, I'm single right now. I live alone, you know, whatever. And it's, I don't know, sometimes you just need like a comfort and that's like a comfort Oh, me. rose quartz is um, probably like, so I like obviously have too many crystals. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> um, true. But rose quartz is one that here recently I've really been, and like I said, I'm having a really yeah. rough week. week. Um, I took all of the rose quartz that I had in our back stock and I put it all around my bathtub. I, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, this is amazing. And now I'm like, is it a bad business decision if I just keep these? It probably is. Um, but I put them all around my bathtub and there's like at least 60 pieces of rose oh, yeah, quartz. Oh yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. But then I took that bath with them all there and I found like one that I'm so connected to and it actually reminds me a lot of the one that you I love it. it. Like it's Um, perfectly in my hand. Yeah. And I've actually like every night it's on my nightstand too. And I've been like going to bed with it on my, Mm -hmm. on my heart. Yeah. Um, Oh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I have my other ones. I have a bunch of them on my bar cart and I feel like I mostly use them if I'm doing things like, like trying to manifest something, you know, especially around a new moon or if I'm just sitting writing, I have them like near me, but I don't necessarily like... I feel like my rose quartz is the one that I'm like always holding on to. Maybe that's just right now. I feel like I need that. Yeah. And maybe another time I'll feel like I need something else. So I feel like they completely switch and transition through my life. And I, I, this one that I'm holding right now, I feel like I've taken it into every single podcast recording at Aquamarine. Yeah. I love holding this during the podcast recordings. Um, when you think of crystals, like you're holding that amethyst right now, What do you think about like their energy? Do you feel like this is, um, like, do you think they really do have innate power or like an energy with them? Or do you feel like it's something that people, uh, put into the crystal? I think it's both. I think you can get out of the crystal what you want to get out of it. But I do think that certain crystals are more helpful for certain things. So I I think if you feel like something works for you, then it works for you for a reason, you know? And the reason is whether you believe it's because the crystal has powers or whether you believe it's just because of you. I mean, if it's working for you, then that's great. But I think that like whatever is from the earth has a meaning to it and a purpose. So, yeah, I always try to think of that. I'm like, why are these growing in this shape? Like, yeah, like there has to be a reason. Yeah. There has to be like some use that we're supposed to do mm-hmm. with them. Um, I just read like a study from this past week. I can't remember what article it was in, but it was basically talking about um, there being this big placebo effect with crystals and with, I think they gave so many people clear quartz to meditate with and then they gave, gave some people like a fake version of that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I can't remember what the placebo effect was, but it was, they told them that they might feel like tingling or like, have mm-hmm. you ever felt any sensations holding crystals or meditating with them? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, even if it is placebo, that's great. Like yeah. it took people to that place where right. they were able to access mm-hmm. that within themselves. Yeah. So as long as it's working, like yeah. if you think that it's working for you, then that's great. That's what I try to explain to people, especially um, like the other day, I had a girlfriend come meet me to buy some crystals for her friend and she brought her boyfriend along and I could tell the whole time because I like had a whole box and I was telling mm-hmm. her about all these and I could see his face the whole time. But I was like, so what do you think of this? <laughs> And he just like kind of laughed and was like, well, I'm really, he goes, I really like that you're telling her like scientifically, like how hard something is Mm -hmm. and what kind of mineral it is. He's like, that's cool. I'm really science-based. He's like, but everything else, I don't know. Yeah. And I told him, I'm like, well, just the same way as you put on your watch in the morning, like he had a really nice watch on, Mm -hmm. like that watch, you've probably set the intention of when you wear it, you feel professional, you feel put together, like you wear that when you're like getting shit done, doing business. That's the same way that like maybe someone else like myself sees pyrite. Yeah. Or some other stone. Yeah, exactly. Or even like if you had a favorite dress or like a power suit or like whatever it is, I think objects can carry an energy just because you put it. Yeah, definitely. Behind it. I just feel like in general, like society as a whole should be more accepting of things that people believe in and not be so quick to put people down. Like even if you didn't believe in crystals or whatever, you don't have to put someone else down just because they believe in it. Like if you don't think it works for you, then you don't think it works for you and you can move on with your life. You don't have to, I don't know, make someone feel bad for what they believe in. When, when Bentley was on the podcast, that episode, I don't know if you listened to it, but I think I did. We were talking about uh, medical medium. Oh yeah. If you're familiar yeah, yeah, yeah. with his mm-hmm. stuff and how he's like gotten all these people drinking celery juice. And at the beginning of our conversation, I feel like he was so just like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. And then by the end of it, he got to like a place of, you know what, this guy's not like, he's just having people drink celery juice. Yeah. And like, <laughs> even if they're, you know, whatever it is, people are like taking their health more seriously because of him. Right. So he was like, go, good for this guy. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> like, <"Hum." laughs> But that's the thing. If it's working for people and I actually do you drink celery juice. I'm actually allergic to raw celery and carrots unless <gasps> it's so if it's cooked, it's fine. But if it's raw, it's not. And my throat gets tingly and like I'm worried if I drink too much, I, my throat would swell oh, up. Oh, yeah. So I don't drink celery or carrot juice, unfortunately. Yeah. I tried it one time. I was like, oh, I'm going to it's going to be fine. It's, you know, juice is different than a raw. And then no. I was in Whole Foods. I was like, my throat is on fire. Oh my God. That's super interesting. So celery juice is not good for me okay. in particular. Never mind. Forget <laughs> I asked that question. But, but I, hey, yeah. If, I mean. I do think that the celery juice is just a bunch of salts. Like when you drink it, it does taste like a bunch of different like salts yeah. and minerals. And just drinking more in general is good for everyone. You know, just drinking more liquids more water. It's going to help you detox and cleanse your body. And and yeah, make it top all, of yeah. mind. If mm-hmm. you're putting that much effort into juicing celery every day, it's mm-hmm. like setting that intention that exactly I'm going to care for myself or like. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you get the nutrients from all of that, you know. Yeah. Anyways. For sure. For sure. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. great. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to rain on your celery parade with my allergy. No, I'm sorry. You have an allergy to raw um, veggies. Just carrots and celery. It's weird. Do you have any other allergies? 
just out of curiosity. No, not that I know of. It's really, and I, it happened in my, like I wasn't allergic to it in my youth and I got it when I was like 20. That's apparently super common for women in their 20s to really? get allergies. It is. That's really weird. Yeah. And I looked it up. And as I said, I was born in Finland. It's apparently a super common like Scandinavian, Northern European wow. allergy. Because when you cook it, it's fine. I love carrots, but I just can't eat them raw. Wow. That's really interesting. It's like yeah. a part of your lineage. Yeah. I know. I thought it was so weird. I was like, mom, do you have this? My sister apparently has the same thing now. So my sister... Um, she has allergies now that she never had. Yeah. And she actually was dating this guy whose mom was an allergist for a while too, which was like, what are the odds You're of that? Right. Like right when she's going through it all. But she actually started a company around it. She has allergy safe card and they make like oh. little credit card size cards that imprint all of your allergies so that you can give it to like a waiter when you go out to eat. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. yours is probably pretty easy to avoid raw veggies. Right. <laughs> Just like can't get wings with. Like. But for some people like with really serious nut allergies yeah. or whatever, they, or she's whatever. allergic to sesame seeds, which you would not realize that they're in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Gluten, dairy, like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, these cards I think are really neat because you can just hand them yeah. to the waiter and then the waiter can take it to the chef. And it's it looks very more serious than just a waiter being like, Yo, table 13 has peanut allergy. Right. No, for <laughs> sure. And if you're traveling, is it like, is there a photo of the... That's the number one thing that Bentley and I talked about was getting it in another language for where you're traveling. Yeah. Or huge. even just like photos of what it is so they know. Yeah. There's I no photo on like. these because they're the, um, they're basically like an embossed, like exactly what you would get a credit card. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like for traveling, I think that would be super helpful. Maybe yeah. like a sticker of a peanut. <laughs> yeah. Just have it in like a few comment, you know, Spanish, French. Yeah. So if anyone's listening and you have allergies or someone, you know, yeah. <laughs> allergy safe card, look them up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. That's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. So do you have any other, um, things that you'd like to say or close on? I feel like we covered a lot. I hope it was informative and inspirational. <laughs> I feel super inspired. <laughs> well, thank you. That makes me feel good. I feel super inspired to get shit done. So thank you for that. Oh, um, yeah. Thanks for spending your afternoon with me and um, leaving behind, bringing me this box of candles. Oh my I gosh, can't wait course. to keep burning them. <laughs> um, thank you for having me. If you guys want to uh, support Ida, you can find her on Instagram at evilqueen. Just one word. Mm-hmm. Evilqueen. Candles.com? What is your... Shopevilqueen.com. Shopevilqueen.com. And your personal page, which you already said, is... Ida two underscores Sophia with an F. Is that your middle name? No, Ida Sophia is my full first name. Maria is my middle name. I never knew that. Extra. Ida Sophia Maria. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool. Thank you so much, Ida. Yeah, of course. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with Moon Body Soul. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to hear more and leave us a review. If you have any special guests or any requests that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please send us an email to hello at moonbodysoul.com.